0: Pastor here at One Heart Church, and um, I'm just going to read through this. This is 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15 to 17, and then uh, we'll speak about a few things that come out of it. This is Paul writing about Jesus. He says, He died for everyone. That's Jesus. He died for everyone. Come on, someone. He died for everyone so that those who receive his new life wave your hand if you have received this new life from Jesus lift it up high those who have received this new life from Jesus will no longer live for themselves instead they will live for Christ who died and was raised for them So we have stopped evaluating others from a human point of view. At one time, we thought of Christ merely from a human point of view, how differently we know him now. This means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old is gone. The old is gone. A new life has begun. Just turn to the neighbour beside you and say, the old is gone, and then take your seats. Please be seated. Thank you, team. So, this is Paul writing to the Corinthian church. It's very early in Christianity. This new craze is is flooding the world and turning the world on fire, and churches are starting. It's around the year 55 AD. It's only like 20 odd years after Jesus has died, and they've found the empty tomb and the risen Jesus. And this whole letter he's writing, and this whole section is about. Paul's saying about, you know, it says we sigh and we groan for the, for the brokenness that we have in this world and the death and all the um, poor things that happen in this world. But our confident hope is in Jesus, that he has this plan to make us new creations. And then he makes us God's ambassadors, that we would invite Everyone to come and share in this new creation, and God has this incredible plan that we can't understand to actually recreate, redeem, renew the entire cosmos somehow. And it starts when we begin to be that new creation. There are three things that I see in this that I want to talk about today that I want to preach on today, and I just want to say a special welcome if you are from the cruise ship or if you're here on the holiday, your holiday. Dang in Port Lincoln. Hopefully you're finding the weather beautiful today. It was a bit hot this week, um, but uh, it's so great to have you here at One Heart this morning. And we've got a sausage sizzle afterwards and free coffee and all that sort of thing. We hope you stick around and uh, let us get to meet you. So the three things that I see out of this verse, number one, and they're not quite in order. Number one, when we belong to Jesus, we are a new creation. Number two, we now live our lives not for ourselves, but for Jesus. And number three, we need to stop evaluating people and our lives and our situations from merely a human point of view. We need to do the opposite. We need to start evaluating people and our lives and the things that happen in our lives and our situations from a supernatural point of view, from God's point of view. You know, I've heard people say, maybe you have as well, look, I don't believe in Jesus, but I bet if he came or I need him to come and stand before me and if I could touch him and talk to him, then I would believe. If Jesus would just come back now and show us himself, then I would believe. But I don't really think that's true. Because as I read the Gospels, I see so many people who met with Jesus talked with Jesus, touched him, saw him do miracles, maybe like ate dinner with him. And yet they still, like Paul says, saw him from merely a human point of view. How many people have you seen that go to church almost all of their lives or read the Bible all the time, and yet they still see everything in their life and everything about God from a merely human point of view? You know, if you're here today and you're thinking, I don't really know about this Jesus guy, I don't really believe, I'm not really sure about this church, I've tried to read the Bible once and it was weird and I've tried to do this church thing before and I don't know what's going on. If you're here today and you're thinking, I don't see much special in Jesus, it seems like a nice guy and all, you're in good company because most of his disciples started out that way as well. We don't, we're natural beings We're in nature, we're part of creation, we're part of nature, and we don't understand the supernatural things of God. We can't understand them until God actually reveals them to us. So, the disciples, I think, you'll see them. I'm not trying to mock them in any way. It sounds like I am because I think they're so funny sometimes how they just miss it. But uh, I know I'm exactly the same. How many miracles does God have to show me and I'm straight back at square one every time. I'm exactly the same. I feel like I'm probably not alone. No shade on you, but I feel like I'm probably not alone in that. The disciples, it seems like they're waiting for something really big. They're just following him and they're participating with him and they're doing miracles and they think his teaching's cool, but even all the miracles he's doing, they're still waiting for something really big. They're still waiting for that, okay, now I'm blown away. I think a lot of us come to church maybe for that as well. Yeah, come on. Bless me, God. See if you can. Come on, I'm sitting in the back row, arms folded. No, no, I'm not looking at anyone in particular. (laughs) Leah over there. And we're like, come on, show me something big. They were waiting through all of his miracles. They're really waiting for the one really big thing. They wanted Jesus, a first century Jew, to overthrow Rome and probably like make Israel the boss of the world. (laughs) And until that happened, they're just kind of following him along thinking he's pretty cool. They're waiting for this big thing. When God revealed himself to them on the day we call Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came within them and they had a true revelation. Then they were blown away. Like literally the Holy Spirit rushing wind comes in. Then they were blown away. And then they, they did this. They laid down their life and they lived for Jesus Christ so that everyone would know the love of Jesus So I just want to show you a few instances in the gospel to really tease out this point where we see in the natural, from a merely human point of view, and Jesus is trying to say something supernatural, something spiritual, something from the heart of God to people. Just a few have come to mind or that God's been showing me, and as you read through the gospels this week, I really want to encourage you to try and see that, like how's. The person thinking about this, and how's Jesus trying to talk about that situation? And you'll just see it time after time after time. The first one that comes to mind is on a hot day. Who knows about that? <laughs> on a hot day, in the middle of the day, a woman goes to a well to get some water, and she meets this guy, Jesus, and he asks, her for a drink. And we see their conversation back and forth, back and forth. And it's astounding what Jesus tells her. We benefit from thousands of years of explanation and the Holy Spirit, but he actually starts to show her about the nature of God, about who he is. He's talking about this living water. He's talking about the Holy Spirit will fill her and she'll have living water inside her and she won't have to go after failed relationship after failed relationship after failed relationship which never satisfied her anyway God's going to fill her with his living water and she's going to be so satisfied in her soul and it's even going to overflow and she's going to be able to share that hope out to others and she says like dude where's your cup How are you going to, like, the well is really deep. You're going to bring up with your hand, where's your cup? How are you asking me for a drink of water? She's talking about race. She's talking about gender. And she's saying, where is your bucket? Where is your cup? How can you possibly do this water thing? She just sees the natural. He's trying to show her... God is going to use you as the cup. God is going to fill you as my cup with this living water to overflow and quench the thirst of so many people. And she's like, "How? you're not using my cup. Where's your cup? <laughs> see, we only see the logistics. We only see the natural first until God actually reveals it to us. We just don't understand. So if you don't understand stuff, hey, join the party. You're in good hands. You're in good company. We need God to reveal that to us. Otherwise we're walking around, Jesus is right in front of us, we're like, what, what, where's my bucket? Where's your bucket? How, do we, how is this going to work? Soon she starts to get the picture and then the disciples come back and they've been off getting lunch. Did you notice she didn't even get a drink of water on that really hot day? She left the well and she goes back to her town and starts to tell everyone. And and they are all on their way to come and meet Jesus and hear about this guy, Jesus. Could he be the Messiah? And the disciples come back and they're like, oh, Jesus, we brought you your sandwich or whatever they brought him. And he says, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. They're going to know all about it soon. But at this point, you don't know what it's about. And the disciples, as usual, start, you know, talking to each other. Did someone already bring him bread? Did he pack a lunch this morning and not bring some for us? Did that lady bring him bread? There's no shops around here. How did he get food? He's trying to say something supernatural. Jesus is God. He died for everyone, for that woman, for every person in that town. His food. He's like, what do I care about a few carbohydrates and protein for? I've come to reach the lost. And I've spoken to this woman about who I am and she's going to bring the whole rest of that community and this is what I'm here for. This is my life significance. This is my purpose. This is my sustenance, that people be reconciled to God. This is my food. And they're all like, did he already pack his lunch or how, did, who brought him food? And then they didn't bring us any. Jesus says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me to finish his work which is that everyone would be reconciled to God. But see, the disciples, they just don't get it. They just see in the natural. They're always thinking about bread, these guys. I don't know, maybe they didn't get much to eat, but... One time they were in an isolated area. A remote area, it says. And the people are hungry. Jesus has been teaching... You know, for a long time, and no one's bought food. And and Jesus looks at the disciples, it's time to eat, and he says, You feed them. And what do they come back with? Oh, how much is that going to cost? And where can we get bread for all these people? And I don't even have any for myself. And how far away are the shops? Who's going to have cooked bread at this time of night? They're all about the logistics. And then Jesus does this miracle and it says he fed over 5,000, was 5,000 men and then there was more women and children than that. So he feeds this, he just multiplies the bread and the, the loaves and the fishes and the disciples are floored. They're, they're just floored by it. They're, wow, who's this guy that we follow? He's done this amazing miracle. That's in Matthew chapter 14. Guess what happens in Matthew chapter 15? They're in a remote area. The people are hungry. They've been listening to Jesus all day. It says Jesus had compassion on the crowds and he says it's time for these people to eat. Do you know what the disciples say? Like last week this happened. (laughs) This week they say, how far away are the shops, Jesus? How much money is it going to cost? They start doing math problems. There's like 4,000 people. Who, okay, Peter, how much money have you got? They totally forgot about the power of God one chapter earlier, just a short time earlier. Jesus chides Jesus them. He's like, how come you guys don't know? I'm, I'm not talking about bread here. They're all about just their own hunger. We're not meant to live our lives just thinking about our stomachs, just thinking about our needs or even our wants and our goals in our lives. We're meant to live our lives as Christ followers, as that scripture said, for Jesus. You know, we had a time of prayer and fasting at the beginning of this year. And I talked to so many people who had so much fear around that, like real fear. Like, if I miss a meal, I might die. I might just die. I can't possibly Do any prayer and fasting. I'll fast Facebook. It's almost dying, but I'll make it a whole day. We have so much fear. Look, if you don't have diabetes or a condition, you're not going to die if you miss a bowl of cereal. But we have so much fear around missing a meal or being hungry. We have fear about being hungry, don't we? How much more should we have a fear about not being hungry for people to know salvation in Jesus, for our family members and our friends and our co-workers and the people in our worlds to not know Jesus, where is our hunger for that? How hungry should we be for that? And if we're not hungry for that, what are we filling up on? Are we like children who you know find the cookie jar and eat all of the food or the junk food before dinner, and then you rock up at the table and go, "No, I'm not hungry." It feels like not hungry, but it's actually malnourishment. It's a counterfeit fulfillment, and it won't lead to healthy growth. We have to be hungry for the things that God is hungry for. Jesus is hungry for people to be rescued and to know hope and salvation through his cross and resurrection, to be part of his new creation that he's putting together. Start to hunger for that, the hunger for the things of God. And, you know, it's funny because... When we talk about church, where's that verse? He says um, that this is his food, you know, that people have come to God. I've heard people talk about being fed, spiritually fed, supernaturally fed. as like going to church that feeds us. And then private journaling and praying each day and listening to podcasts and music. That's how I get my food. And I've even heard people say, oh, I, I don't go to that church anymore because they didn't feed me. <laughs> and I go to this church because they feed me good, meaty food. Like our spiritual food is hearing preaching or devotions or something. That's not what Jesus shows us. Like Kelly was saying in the communion, Jesus shows us that our food is him, his body, and then it's telling others about Jesus and seeing them come to Christ. That is our food. If you're feeling like, you know, dissatisfied or... Like a suburban kind of bystander faith. If when you first became a Christian, you thought, right, now I'm going to set the world on fire for Jesus. And now you look at your life and you're kind of like, I just kind of live in the suburbs and I don't, I don't know, I'm not really doing much for, much for Jesus. Then what's happening is you're malnourished because you're not speaking to people about Jesus and seeing them come to Jesus because that's what Jesus says is, is our supernatural food. How much of that food are you getting? And all you need to do is get it for yourself by speaking to people about Jesus. Which the disciples also did not get. (laughs) They just keep missing everything. They're seeing everything from a merely human point of view. Just seeing the natural. Why is that? What were they missing? Jesus says they're missing seeing out or understanding the power of God. I know you're wondering why I've put this photograph up. It's a bride with a bunch of men around her in in tuxes. So there were a bunch of people called the Sadducees. You know, there's Pharisees and Sadducees. I don't know how you remember the difference, but the Sadducees did not believe in life after death. They didn't believe in the resurrection. They were sad, you see? That's how I remember it. And the Pharisees are the other ones. There was also stuff to do which books of the law they followed, but that's the main difference that I remember. They didn't believe in life after death, so sad, you see. So they come to Jesus in their merely human point of view. And they give him a math problem, basically, trying to trick him into proving that there is no resurrection, there is no life after death, there's nothing else. And they talk this weird scenario about how there's a woman and she gets married and then her husband dies and then she gets married again and her husband dies. And this happens seven times and then they're like, aha, So in the resurrection, we're going to have far too many husbands and wives to deal with and that can't be God's plan. Mic down, boom, they get to wander off. They're like, we got this dude, Jesus. And Jesus says, you are wrong. He doesn't beat around the bush with Pharisees and Sadducees. You're wrong. You're in error. Why? Because you don't understand the scriptures and you don't understand the power of God. He's like, it's got nothing to do with your weird maths. It's, you don't understand the power of God. When Jesus was hanging there on the cross, right in the middle of, right in the moment of, his act of saving us, not from Rome but from evil and from death and from sin, right in the middle of that saving act, The people didn't see it. They taunted him and they said, Oh, you thought you were the king of Israel? Save yourself. You thought you could save others? Come down from that cross and save everyone. Save yourself. They didn't see that in the supernatural right then he was saving them by staying on the cross. He was saving us. But they didn't understand the power of God. This doesn't look like in our human eyes the power of God. Nicodemus, the man who came to Jesus in the nighttime. And he gets all taught up in logistics as well. He says, "God's trying." Jesus is trying to tell him, you need to be spiritually born again. And Nicodemus is like, I'm like this big. My mother's like this big. How can a man go back to his mother and be born again? He didn't understand because he didn't understand the power of God. The rich young man comes to Jesus. Jesus is offering him untold wealth and riches. And Nicodemus walks away, clutching at his wallet, which is what? Pieces of paper, pieces of stone. He didn't understand the power of God. Lazarus, all around the funeral area, people are crying for Lazarus and Jesus says I am the resurrection, open the tomb we're going to get Lazarus out, they start talking about the smell, they're like no leave him dead, he's been four days, he's going to smell they didn't understand the power of God, come on somebody Mary Magdalene, Jesus resurrected right in front of her and she didn't even see him because she didn't understand the power of God the disciples on the road to Emmaus they're talking right with the resurrected Jesus but they didn't see because they didn't understand the power of God. What is it in our lives today that we don't see because we don't understand the power of God? The disciples are standing with 5,000 people in front of them. Jesus is like, you feed them. And they're like, how can we argue, argue, argue? Because they didn't understand the power of God. I think this year and the year that we're talking about supernatural, God is wanting to understand, us to understand his power, the power of God. Because he's already given us keys to breakthrough. He's given it to us, all these tools, prayer, fasting, love, forgiveness. Put God first, be part of his body. We've already got it all. We don't have to search and seek and wonder, how am I going to get through this? But we need to use those, understanding that supernatural things can happen and believe in the power of God instead of always being like, oh, but I don't have enough money or I don't have enough time or I've tried it before or it's so far away or all those things. Let's just put our faith in the power of God. You see, we see the limit and God is limitless. We've fixed our eyes on the limit. We see the, the lack and God's all-powerful, almighty. We see how weak we are, which is true. But he is all-strong. He's the place where strength originated from and resides and flows from. And we're standing here going, oh, no, I'm far too weak and fragile for that. How many times do we have to see the power of God and sing these incredible declarative songs, and yet when difficult times come, we go straight back to step one, acting like we're atheists, acting like we don't know about any power outside of ourselves, acting like we don't have access to any power outside of ourselves. We should go through difficult times saying, I am a child of God. By my father's breath, every star was made. If I just stand close to him, he'll get me through this. In fact, he carries me through this. Because we know the power of God. Don't go into hard times with merely a human point of view. Remember your God who has rescued you before and who has a plan to rescue you and others. I believe this year God wants to show you if you are a Christ follower that you've got to start living not like the things that you see in front of them in front of you is all that there is. We've got to start living like we know something about the supernatural power of God that is with us and for us and will work through us and in us. We want to live seeing with the supernatural understanding Not just from a merely human point of view, which the scripture says in a very succinct fashion, we walk by faith and not by sight. Righteous are meant to live by faith and not by sight. We're meant to be led by the spirit and not by our emotions or what we feel or what we just see. The disciples spent all their time, whatever Jesus said, they're always arguing back with him. This is why it can't be done, Jesus. As though they've got special degrees and he doesn't and he just doesn't know this and they'll, he'll figure it out once I explain it to him. Have you ever talked to Jesus like that? <laughs> he says, bless this person, go speak to that person. Yeah. Oh, no, I can't possibly, Jesus. You don't understand the full situation about me and about here. And but who is our God? He's God Almighty. He's our saviour. He's our redeemer, our faithful saviour. He's the light of the world, the lamb of God. Who is this God? He's the captain of angels, hosts. He's the the mighty warrior that cannot be overtaken. He's our peace. Like that song said, he's our song. He's the breath in our bones, the the life in our lives, the lover of our souls, the fire in our hearts. He's the father to the homeless, the one who feeds the hungry. He's the friend of the sinners. He's the friend of the lonely, our rescuer. Come on, let's give it up for Jesus, our rescuer, strong tower. God, you're our provider. You're the light of the world. You're the lamb of God that takes away our sins. Amen. King of kings, Lord of lords, wonderful counsellor. The government of the universe is on your shoulders. You have all authority, seen and unseen. The creator, our maker, the waymaker. He's the potter with the clay, he's the bright morning star. Let this be our first word. Not a word of no, Jesus, let me explain why we can't possibly do that. Let this be our first word. A word of faith. A word of yes. Okay. Imagine if the disciples standing in front of that big crowd. They're at the front. It's a bit awkward. Everyone's looking. And Jesus says, you feed them. He has compassion on the crowds, they're hungry. He says, they're hungry, feed them. Imagine if they hadn't have come up with all those excuses and questions. Imagine if they had have said, wow, okay, show us how. I know I can't in my strength and my power, but I believe we can in your power. If you do the miracle and you do it in us and through us and for us, then I'm in. Show us how. Well, there's 15,000 people in Port Lincoln. And if you're from somewhere else, however many there are in your town. And if you're listening on the podcast, however many there are in your town. And Jesus has compassion on every one. And he looks to us and says, they're hungry. You feed them. And, and I want us to be a people that won't just say, why not? I want us to be a people that will say, wow, okay, show us how. I can't do it in my own power. I don't even know how to start, but I believe you can in your power. I believe about the power of God. I've seen the power of God. I know something about the supernatural power of God, and I am in. I'm saying, yes, here, Lord, send me. You do it through me, with me. Amen. that we want to live for ourselves instead of living for ourselves, sorry, we want to live for Christ who has died and raised for us. Because Jesus is alive. And I'm following him and I'm not stopping and I'm not getting sidetracked and I'm not going back. I've tried it before, there's nothing back there. And we believe in the power of Jesus. Can I get the musicians to come on up please or the some muso team to come on up I just want to get really practical for a moment because we're talking about this year in One Heart Church we're talking about kind of this theme of the supernatural and that can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people the word supernatural I mean if you google it I was trying to get like images and stuff um, and all I came up with is this weird TV show so um, it means a lot of different things to different people supernatural I tell you one thing it doesn't mean it doesn't mean a year of super great feelings (laughs) it's not about us having a really great praise party in church that may be one of the fruits of it but that's not really the essence or the point that's not what Jesus aim is that's not what Jesus food is is it it's that we would enter into a true supernatural way of living and And we really can only do that when we have God reveal it to us and then we believe in the supernatural power of God and we start to walk into that. And as I said, he's given us tools. He already has given us our tools and our map. Pray every day, talk to Jesus, read his word, read the Bible. Don't worry about reading anything else if you don't want to, just read the Bible. If you can't read, you can even get it on a phone app that will actually read it to you. Just get the Bible into you. Forgive. Who? Everyone. These are the supernatural tools that God says. It's not about super fun feelings, is it? Forgive everyone. Tell others about Jesus and be part of his body. Look, I want to show you something. Jesus went to heaven and he gave us his Holy Spirit. But that wasn't all because he also left his body here. That the church is his body and he fills it with his spirit. That body and spirit, Jesus is still here walking among his people to rescue the whole world, to bring them all into his new creation. And each one of us get to be part of his body. So I believe that we should do, you know, literally move Hell and high water to be part of his body, to be part of his church, to be together as church on a Sunday, to be together as often as possible outside of that as well, but to worship together, to have a place where the world knows that's where the body of Jesus is, filled with the spirit of Jesus. And a lot of us, oh, just take it for granted when it's an incredible, incredible, incredible supernatural gift. Because if you don't see value in, and there have been times in my life when I haven't as well, If, if you don't see incredible value of being together on a Sunday or on a weekend as a church, that doesn't mean that it isn't valuable. That means that you can't see the supernatural power of God and purposes for it. And I want to encourage you not to let that go, but to dig deep into his word and dig deep into the spirit of God and say, show me, Jesus, is this really your plan? And here's a good place to start. Ephesians 3, 10 to 11. It was God's intent, his intent, God's purposes, God's plan that now through the church, This verse is unbelievable. It knocks me out of my socks every time I read it because it seems not like what I would plan, guys. But through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realm and the supernatural realm according to his eternal purpose that he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. It's God's intent God's purposes, that through the church, not through individuals, not through parachurch organisations, not through good intentions, but through His body, the church it's His plan, God's plan, God's purposes God's intent, not man-made organisation, not um, imagination from us, not our idea but it's God's intent and purpose that through the church us, united as one here worshipping with Jesus that his glory and his wisdom would be demonstrated not just to the world but to the supernatural realm to rulers and authorities How much are we praying for breakthrough for our friends and family? Break through that addiction, Jesus. Break through that. Hold that person who keeps going back to abusive relationships. Break through that depression. Break through that mental illness. Break through it, Jesus. And Jesus shows us that when when we are the church, he demonstrates his power to the supernatural authorities and rulers that dare to come against him. The gates of hell don't bow down for me. But for the church, they cannot prevail against her. So be part of his church. Pray every day. Get into his word. Fast sometimes. Forgive every, everyone. And be part of his body, his body and his spirit in this world. And for some of us, that might mean taking a step of faith. Because when we can't see things... Like you can't see maybe value, and like I don't even really like half of these people, and co- I don't know if they have the coffee I like. Whatever, uh, if you can't see that supernatural power of God and purposes for the church then that's going to be a step of faith and that's when we go back to that verse and we say I'm going to walk by faith and not just by what I see and I'm declaring that I believe what your word says Jesus and I'm in even though I can't see it and I don't understand and I have 50 hundred reasons against it I'm in I'm going to live for you and not for me. I'm going to live for your body and not just for my body. I'm going to invest my time and my resources and my heart into what you're doing in, in the church, in the local church. Whew. God's so good. So let's just pray. I'll just get you to close your eyes and we'll just take a moment and let God speak to us. <clears throat> Going to close. So this verse says, He died for everyone so that those who would receive His new life will no longer live for themselves. They will live for Christ who died and was raised for them. If you're here today and you don't know that new life, You haven't received that new life in Christ. Maybe you don't even really know this Jesus who died and raised for you. Or you don't know and know it, know it, know it deep in your spirit that he really died and was raised for you. Then let's just take a moment and I'm going to invite you to pray, just to pray in your own heart. And like we saw in the Gospels, it's okay if you don't understand it all. Just tell Jesus, that's all that prayer is, just tell him in your heart, in your mind. All I see when I look at you, Jesus, all I see when I come to church, all I see when I read your Bible is from a human point of view. And I want to ask you, Jesus, to break through and show me who you are. Guys, that's the prayer that I prayed. I sat down in a gutter, actually didn't know where I was. I'd come to from a night before didn't know where I was in the country and I just went like this life I'm leading it's rubbish that's the PG version I've tried to do it on my own and I'm just getting nowhere I'm just wrecking it I've so much guilt and I can't get clean I keep washing my hands and I just never feel clean I can't get rid of this guilt everything I say is a lie Jesus if you are there then you have to show yourself to me because I was searching for him and I couldn't find him I just said Jesus if you are there you have to show yourself for me. to me and that's all you have to do right now if that's you just in your heart and maybe even right now your heart's beating a little bit faster or beating out of your chest that's the Holy Spirit rushing in to meet you All you have to say is Jesus show yourself to me take away this guilt make me clean I want this new life new start clean slate I want it whatever it means just give it to me Jesus show it to me Jesus let me see you Jesus and for those of us who are followers of Christ today if you consider yourself a, a Christian I just let's just give the Holy Spirit a moment you know I just want to pray over you Holy Spirit, I ask that you would start to show people right now if there are areas in our life, relationships to do with health or um, finances or the goals in our life or how we're living our life or even how we're speaking or Jesus, how we're thinking, that you would start to show each person right now those areas in their life where they're seeing things from a human-only point of view, from a natural-only point of view. They're seeing the lack. They're seeing the weakness. They're seeing the issues. They seem overwhelming. Show us, Jesus, you're supernatural show us Jesus your power of God how do you want to move in those areas Jesus because you are our saviour you're our strong tower our rescuer our ever present help in times of trouble we want to fix our eyes on you Jesus beyond just what we can see we know Jesus that you are the God who takes what is broken and takes what is dead and you make good things come from it your power God knows no limits we ask you to move in our lives Jesus and we just declare again for all those who follow Christ that say this to Jesus in your own way in your heart that we will no longer live for ourselves that Jesus I will live for you just as I did at baptism, I lay down my life, laid all down at the cross, every single part of it. God, I just live my life for you, Jesus. My food will be to do the will of my Father, which is to see every one know the love of Jesus. Amen. If you are a person who has questions about Jesus or if you've prayed that prayer today and said, I want to get to know you, whoever you are, Jesus, if you're real, then I'd love to talk with you. You can talk with me any time you like, even at Woolworths, any time you want. Um, You can talk to any of these people on the stage or the people in the welcome team wearing the tags. Um, We can give you things like a Bible and a devotion and pray with you and answer questions that you've got and just talk with you and, and, and there's no pressure there, but we'd love to know if you did say that prayer this morning so God bless you church I hope you have a really great week and a really great time of fellowship right now and and that this week we just keep our eyes focused above the issues above the wind and the waves and that we keep our eyes focused on the supernatural power of God amen